Welcome to Island Baptist Church. Bill's lesson today is in Luke chapter 13, titled, Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? Good morning, everyone. Once again, happy 4th of July. Celebrating our independence as a people and our dependence upon God in every way. We're in Luke chapter 13, working our way through the history of Jesus. We call it, in this case, we call it the book of Luke. Luke chapter 13, graduating from chapter 12, and on in just one solid discourse. As we said before, what we're taking months to cover, Jesus covers in about 20 minutes. And uh, so we have to, in order to get all that we can out of it, we really need to spend time breaking it down, and that's what we've, that's what we've been doing, this amazing history, like I said, of Jesus. And so the Lord Jesus, according to the, as this whole um, monologue starts there back in chapter 12 verse 1 says he's surrounded with countless thousands they're literally stepping upon each other so there's just so many people and a myriad is is literally the greek word which means over over 10,000 so they they would count to 10,000 they wouldn't count greeks wouldn't count over 10,000 so myriads upon myriads of people so possibly the largest crowd that jesus ever has gathered around him and he's surrounded by these countless thousands as he takes on here in the first part of chapter 13 um commonly um, held beliefs, which bring up commonly asked questions, questions of uh, why God does what he does. And so let's consider Jesus takes this head on. Well, it comes from an occasion, as we'll read here in verse 1. Now, on the same occasion, there were some present who reported to him about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifice. The Galilee is up in the north. They would travel down to, of course, the place you sacrifice and worship God was at the temple in Jerusalem. And they were there sacrificing. These are worshiping people. These are not pagans. These are not atheists. These are not uh, anti-God people. They're coming down to, to worship God in the temple of God according to the Scriptures, according to what Moses taught. But notice what happens to them. Pilate, it's, very, it's a very, I guess, a euphemistic way to say he executed them. He mingled their blood. So they're, so they're killing animals to represent their sins and taking away of their sins. And so they're there doing what God told them to do. And Pilate kills them. Why does he kill them? Because he can. Because that's what he does. I don't know what picture you have of Pilate, but he's, he's a lackey from Rome, and they were brutal. Uh, they only cared about their paycheck and the paycheck that got to Rome. They didn't care about anything else or anyone else. So the fact that he kills these people is kind of like, yeah, he does stuff like that. But the question is not that he would do it, but those that he killed. It says they pointed this out to Jesus. In other words, why, why would God let this happen? It's a question. Jesus says, do you suppose that these Galileans were greater sinners than all the other Galileans? The answer is yes. They did suppose that. That's the way we naturally think. So, so if I drive through an intersection and don't get hurt, but the next guy behind me gets hit with a car, there's something in us that says, oh, well, he had it coming to him. I must be great. I must be awesome, right? There's, there's a part of us that has that tendency. Do you suppose the Galileans were greater sinners than all the other Galileans? Yes, they did. That's the way we naturally think. Because they suffered this fate? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, that repent means of everything, not just of your sins, of your whole life. We're going to be talking about that in the next couple of weeks. What does it mean to repent? What are you turning from? Everything. You're not keeping nothing. Repent means to turn from everything, to turn to Christ. You've got to turn from what was going to save you, what you thought was right, what your mom and dad taught you. Not just your sins. 
Everything that's sinful, which possibly could be your entire life, turn from all that to turn to Christ. Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Now he brings up another uh, set of circumstances. Talk about just happenstances. wasn't intentional, but nonetheless. Verse 4. Do you suppose that those 18 on whom the Tower of Siloam is down the south part of, of Jerusalem fell? It is happening in the wrong place at the wrong time. Women, children, adults, old people, everybody, whoever was there. Upon the whom the Tower of Siloam fell and killed them, were they worse culprits than all the men who lived in Jerusalem? The assumption is yes. God got them. I don't know what he was doing wrong, but man, you know, there's just no way God's going to let people get raped. That's, we assume that, right? So earthquakes and mudslides happen over in California. What do we think? He's getting them crazies over there, you know. He's not getting us because this is all, all the good people are over here. The bad people are over there, right? Jesus says, I tell you no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Whether it be a tower, whether it be a brutal king, whether it be something else, either way, because, because of our sinfulness, unless we repent, we will all likewise perish. Jesus deals with this commonly held belief that if you do bad, bad will happen to you. But if you're good, only good will happen to you. Now, where, where have you observed that that is 100% true? Here, again, commonly held. So Paul the Apostle, here's Acts chapter 28. Man of God, in the process of writing books in the New Testament when this, this takes place, uh, serving as a missionary, starting the churches, especially the Gentile churches, most of the Gentiles in this place. We're so grateful for his ministry, uh, so, so grateful for his apostolic uh, rendering of the scriptures. We have so many wonderful letters and things here. We have such, such, such appreciation for the giftedness that he gave Paul, serving God, sacrificing his life, doing exactly what God had called him to do, just come off of a shipwreck, landed on land, and watch what happens, and watch how the people respond. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks, so he's just helping. Nothing wrong with what he's doing. And laid them on the fire because it was raining, it was cold, he's just trying to help. A viper, snake, comes out, and because of the heat, and fastened onto his hand. So when the natives saw that the creature was hanging off his hand, they said to one another, what? The commonly held belief. No doubt, this man is a murderer, whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. It's the way we think. It's the way we think. The way we think is the good people get to live and the bad people don't. The good people get the good stuff and the bad people don't. Now, can you not think of exceptions to that? There are jillions. The question that Jesus deals with or the commonly held belief and the question that rises out of it is why do bad things happen to good people? We have to be able to answer this question, ladies and gentlemen, as believers. Because this is a commonly held position. It's a great argument. If there really is a God, why doesn't he do something? Why doesn't he stop the bad stuff? The world we live in has many questions for those who place their faith in God. If God is good, then why is the world bad? It's a very good question. If God is good, then why do bad things happen to good people? If God is good and in control, why doesn't he stop this? Good questions. Do you have an answer? I want to give you an answer today and a couple of, maybe a couple of Sundays to come. But, but, but notice here, uh, just the, the commonly, the, the observation is very simple. For God makes His Son to rise on the evil and the good. 
You notice, notice that? Rain falls. That could be a good thing or a bad thing. On the just and the unjust. What are we missing here? What are we missing? Part of the answer is simply that God is gracious to bad people, right? He's being gracious to them. I've got a bad person over here who's got a good job, got his health, makes a lot of money, is as best as can possibly be in this life. He's happy. Why is that so? A very simple answer is God's being gracious to him. God, God was great. Here, I'm sitting amongst the people whom God was very gracious to you. God cared for you. He was kind to you. When, when you were wicked, when you were turned against him, when you were not looking for him, you were not looking for salvation, God came looking for you. He was being kind to you. God is kind. He is gracious. So part of our answer is the reason why there's good, even though in a world where there's bad people, is that God's gracious. God is gracious and kind. Never, ever doubt that. So, so here's some logic for you. So bad people have good things happen to them because God is gracious. So logic would say, if I'm good, good should always happen to me. So if bad people can have good things happen to them and I'm not bad, then that means I should be in the category of nothing but good. But the fact is, bad stuff still happens to me. What are we missing? What's wrong? Good things happen to bad people because God is gracious. Why do bad things happen to good people? Very important question. And there's a very simple answer. You may not like it. I'll warn you right now. But you need to take it. The very simple answer is, is that we have a bad assumption. We assume that there are such things as good people. That's a bad assumption. In fact, it's very, you didn't get that from the Bible. You got that from common culture. You got that from common thought. You got that from false teachers. But you didn't get it from the Scriptures. The Scriptures make it very plain. There are no such thing as good people. Bad things don't happen to good people because there ain't any of those people. There's not. Anytime good happens, it happens to bad people. Anything, anytime bad happens, it happens to bad people. There aren't any good people. Who told you that? You didn't get it from Jesus. With the exception of Jesus, I will say this. Bad things have never happened to good people. They never have. There haven't been good people since the dawn of creation. Jesus was good. He definitely was. Bad things did happen to him. But everybody else who had bad happen to them were also bad. Again, with wrong premise, we reach wrong conclusions. And watch how Jesus takes on, we're going to get to this chapter later, but chapter 18 of Luke, how he takes on this commonly held belief. This is the story of the rich young ruler coming to Jesus and asking the the ultimate question. Basically, how do I... How do I go to heaven? How do I get saved? And I want you to notice, Jesus doesn't deal with that. As important as that question is, Jesus deals with the false premise that's within this question because uh, you can't really get the true answer until you deal with these false premises. A certain ruler asked him, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? That's, you know, that was a Baptist preacher. He says, here's the here's track. Repeat after me. You know, I'm a sinner. I'm... Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus doesn't even pay attention to his question. Jesus stops with the first word. Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? That's a very important question. The first, first part of that question is, do you really believe that I'm God? Because that's who he was, certainly. And certainly God is good. 
But, but on the other hand, if you think that I'm just a man, which of course that is what he thought. Jesus is just a regular man. I mean, he looks just like a man. Talked, walked just like a man. Had a voice that sounded like a man. I mean, everything about him was a man, right? He didn't understand him to be God. So calling him good, that's what Jesus is saying. Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. Repeat that to yourself. No one. Bad things don't happen to good people because there aren't any good people. They have never happened to good people because there aren't any. There haven't been. Since the Garden of Eden, bad things only happened to one good person, and that would be Jesus. Everybody else who had bad stuff happen to them were also, they had it coming. Bad things naturally, of course bad things should happen to bad people. You shouldn't let good things happen to bad people. They'll take it wrong, which of course they do. God is gracious though. God is merciful. But Jesus takes on this whole thinking that there is any such thing as good people. There was a brief time in human history in which there were good people. In fact, not only were there good people, but God says not only was, were they good, but everything was good. Remember back in Genesis? Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. Bad things didn't happen because they were good. They weren't sinners. Or, you know, it didn't last. And as soon as it stopped they stopped being good. Bad stuff started happening. But when there were good people, only good happened. Bad things don't happen to good people. Bad things happen to bad people. And that's exactly what took place. And of course, it didn't, like I said, it didn't last. It didn't stay that way. There was a man telling a story about his uh, young daughter named Jessica, and she was a deep thinker, and she was very, very young. And uh, she had been sick couple of days and had to stay home and there was a school event that she had missed and some things that they couldn't do as a family because she was sick and so he was kneeling down next to her bed in the evening and she was still recovering and and uh they were reading the story of adam and eve and talking about how you know before adam and eve sinned everything was good god said that everything was good and everything was perfect and they didn't get sick and that's part of the reason they were explaining to her part of the reason why we get sick sweetie and why people die is because we have sin the world's full of sin Part of the reason why there's bad people and bad things because there's sin. And she was like, she was contemplating that, contemplating that. And she says, yeah, yeah. And she said, you know, if Adam and Eve hadn't sinned, I, got, I could have gone with my school trip today. She said, yes, that's true, sweetie. She said, but on the other hand, we'd be sitting here naked. Like, yes, yes, that is also true. <laughs> Adam and Eve became bad as a result of sin, and they started creating bad people. See, there haven't been good people since then. In the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. God is good. But Adam and Eve didn't stay that way. They sent. And Adam lived 130 years and begot a son, notice, in his own likeness. So sin gives birth to sinner. You were born a sinner and all your kids. Haven't you noticed how you didn't have to teach them how to sin? Why is that? They got it from you. And you got it from them. There haven't been any good people for a very long time. Bad stuff doesn't happen to good people. Bad stuff happens to bad people. Shouldn't shock us, but we're shocked all the time. Corroborated, by the way, in the New Testament, Romans chapter 3, we've seen this many times, but we need to keep drilling it to ourselves in, in case we've missed it. There is none righteous, not one. No, bad things don't happen to good people because there aren't any. 
There's none who understands. There's none who seeks after God. All have turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. You can't point your finger at any living human being. There's a good person over there. Yeah, according to your standards. Not according to God's. Bad things don't happen to good people. There's bad everywhere. No good people. Why do bad things happen, right? No, the question should be, why do good things happen? That's the anomaly. That's the thing that should shock you. Bad things should be part of the course. Of course bad things happen. We're sinners. Look at this list. Bad things should happen to people like this. Good things shouldn't happen to people. That's not logical. It's not fitting. It's not, I guess we could say in some ways, it's not right. It's not. You see, we operate from a false premise that there are good people. Of course, there's not any. And a wrong premise leads to wrong conclusions. Conclusions like this. There, God must be evil to treat good people this way. I've heard that before. Have you? It's based on a false premise. That there is such a thing as good people. God must be evil. There must not be, I've heard this one, a God. Because if there was, he would put a stop to all this. Hmm. So even asking the question, why do bad things happen to good people, tells you we're just off. Totally off. Haven't even started the wrong place. So if we start with the wrong premise, every conclusion built upon that premise is going to be wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Messed up. Again, in our thinking, it is unthinkable and an anomaly that bad things should happen to good people when in fact it's an anomaly and a good thing and an unthinkable thing that good things should ever happen to bad. That's all we've got. The real question is, why does, the God, why does the God of heaven allow anything good to happen to us? We should be shocked and appalled. We should be amazed. I can't believe it. I, I woke up today. You should be blown away by that. I have my health. I'm able to see the sun. I drove a car to a church that has, all the, this Sunday at least, all the air conditioning running and the, and the lights are all on. Isn't God good to us? That's God being good to you, because this is who you are, apart from Christ. Good things shouldn't happen to bad people. They shouldn't. God is being very gracious to us. God is being very kind to us. We should be confused when good things happen, not when bad things happen. That's what Jesus is dealing with here. So these people, they, they were going to worship God in the temple. They're good people. Why did this bad, that's why they're bringing it up. Jesus says, do you suppose that they're different than any of you? He said, no, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Suppose the ones who were just walking past the tower, and it wrong place, wrong time. Bad stuff happens in a bad world to bad people, but you think you're better? Ah, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. God is being very gracious and merciful to us. It'd be a good time for us to review considering what our topic is and also what we're going to be doing here in a minute, talking about God's forgiveness and grace through His Son, Jesus. Review the, 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 the topics of mercy and grace. What is mercy? Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. You deserve hell, but in God's grace, He's not giving that to you. It tells us here in Romans 6.23, what you've earned with your sin, the wages of sin is death. It's not talking about six feet under, of course. It's talking about hell. So are you in hell right now? God's being merciful to you. This is a great day. Any day you're not in hell is a great day. 
Uh, you got a lot, a lot of bad stuff. you got things you wish you could change, things you wish you could change outside of your life and inside of your life, things that you wish were better, things that you say, I don't feel like I deserve this. Nonetheless, here's what you deserve. So it's a good day. You're having a good day. You're not in hell. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. God's being merciful to you, not giving you what you deserve. He's also being gracious to you. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. So I deserve hell, I'm not getting that, that's mercy. But I don't deserve heaven, but I'm getting that because of God's grace. Tells us here in Romans 5. For scarcely a righteous man will, scarcely for a righteous man will one die, but of course there's not any of those. You'll never die for, there's no righteous men. Or yet perhaps for a good man, but right, there's none of those. Someone would even dare to die. But God didn't have that option. God comes to earth and says, I'm going to die for a righteous man. I'm going to die for a good man. He scours the whole earth. They don't exist. There aren't any good people. So who is he going to die for if not for sinners? God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus came to die. You're not, you don't think you're a sinner. Jesus isn't for you. Why? You don't even think you need to be rescued. So what good is a rescuer, right? You have to understand the, God's opinion of you. Well, I don't think that's right. I'm better than most people. This isn't your heaven. It's not your everlasting life. Get over your wrong opinions based on wrong assumptions, leading to wrong conclusions. Get over them. He died for God-haters. It tells us later on there in Romans chapter 5. That if we sin against God, God takes it as if we hate him. I didn't mean it like that. It doesn't matter how you meant it. He died for enemies, his own enemies. If you sin against him, if you break his laws, God considers you an enemy of his. I would say, that's not a good matchup. Don't want to be in a war with God. He considers you an enemy. You say, well, I don't like that. I, don't, I never meant to be God's enemy. That's the way he takes it. Scripture says if, if we hate someone, we're a murderer. That's the way God takes it. If you look on someone to lust, you're an adulterer. So, so can't we agree that if you hate God, you're an adulterer, you're a murderer, and you're an enemy of God, that you deserve to go to hell? But are you? God's being merciful to you. God's being gracious to you. Bad things don't happen to good people. But it should shock you that good things happen to bad people. God has made sure. That it does. Hell makes perfect sense. It really does. It's very fitting. You're an enemy of God. You're a hater of God. You're an adulterer. You're a, you're a murderer. You're a breaker of the, of the laws of the one who created and owns the entire universe. You're breaking his rules. Hell is very fitting for a person like that. Makes sense, doesn't it? Of course she deserves that. Of course he should go there. Hell is very fitting. Heaven, on the other hand, does not make sense, logically. What do you mean a person like that can be forgiven? Can go to heaven? That his sins can be completely written off and that God will let him in and give him a status in heaven the same as his own son? That does not make sense, ladies and gentlemen. That's exactly what God has done for us. That is because we live in an age of God's mercy and grace. If we're not in hell, that is pure mercy. 
If we have anything good, not the least of which is heaven, it is because of his grace. So we're living under an administration of mercy and grace. So things often take place that will not make logical sense. We're in administration of mercy and grace. So not, not everything that I do will have direct ties to what happens to me. I may be doing good things, as Paul was, and a snake bite me on the hand. I may be doing bad things, and my stock prices go up. This is not a logical universe you live in. Things don't happen. There's not a, may not be, I should say, a direct relationship between your behavior and what happens to you at any given time. If there was, if there was always a direct relationship between what you do and what you experience, then the moment you sin, you should have been... But here you are. There is not a direct, not always, not always a direct relationship between what you do and what you experience because we're living in an age of God's mercy and grace. Things go wrong and bad for us and we shake our fist at heaven and say this isn't fair. People do that all the time. This isn't fair, God. I want you to know something. They're absolutely correct. It is not. Because fair is you being in hell. That is what's fair. That is completely fair. It makes total sense. It is exactly what you deserve. You've broken the rules and the laws of the one who created and owns the entire universe. And yet here you are alive. There's, there's no explanation for that. That does not, other than the grace and mercy of God. Because God is gracious and merciful to us, we have good things in our lives. Because he's merciful and gracious to us for them. They weren't the ones who Pilate got. They weren't the ones to whom the tower fell. Nonetheless, the mercy and grace of God will run out. There is a general mercy and grace happening to all of us. But the day it runs out is the day we leave this life. That's why Jesus says yes, but or no, you're not like any different than them. But unless you likewise repent, you will be just like them. We have to repent. We have to turn. Whatever we thought was going to save us, our, our whole life, Jesus says, is nothing compared to what we can have in Christ. So I have to turn from whatever I thought was saving me and all the, quote, good I thought I was going to present before the throne of God when I stood before him. I'm going to make my deal with the man upstairs. No, you're not. No, you're not. He's already declared his deal with you. He's being kind to you, and you're living off his good graces right now. Those will come to an end. You have to turn to his son. Jesus has come to die to pay for our sins. He died for sinners. You accept that call in your life? I'm a sinner. I, I, I deserve what Jesus died for, I deserve to die for. And he's come now to be your rescuer, but you have to accept him. Have you done that? I'm going to ask if you would bow your heads and close your eyes with me as we think about what God has said to us this morning. There are no good people. We lost good a long long time ago. God does not owe us anything good, but we have good all the time. It says this, the kindness of God, the kindness of God, God's being kind to you. It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance, leads us to say, God, I don't deserve any of this. God, my life and what I thought I was going to do with it, what I thought I was, I was totally wrong, 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 wrong assumptions, wrong Wrong conclusions. I need to be forgiven. 
I'm thankful for your mercy and grace, and I, I need your forgiveness. Would you turn to Jesus today? Have you turned to him? Have you repented of your life? And turn to him, unless you repent, you will likewise perish. God, I thank you for loving us. Thank you for the repentance that leads to salvation. Thank you for the grace and mercy that has brought us to that place of repentance. And the mercy and grace that you're waiting to pour out on us if we'll just simply turn to Christ today. Thank you for the good things in our lives, God. Forgive us for assuming that we deserve these things. Forgive us for thinking that we're different than anyone else who may be having a worse day than us. Thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for visiting. Find us at www.islandbaptistchurch.org.